Hello, and welcome to Wenatchee in the Word, a podcast ministry of Ridgepoint Baptist Church. Our purpose is to help each one of us grow more in love with God by studying and meditating on His Word. We're glad you joined us today. Now, let's see what the Bible has to say. Hey everybody, and welcome back to Wenatchee in the Word. We're continuing in our study of the book of John. I hope it's been a help and an encouragement to you as we've been going through it. And I hope that as we've been going through the book that it's starting to do exactly what John intended as he wrote this gospel. He said that he wrote it, that those who would see it would believe that Jesus Christ truly is the Son of God. And I hope that as we look into this book and study it out, that we would be even more convinced of Jesus as being God in the flesh and all that he did. We're going to see today, as we continue in the chap- in chapter 5, that uh, Jesus specifically says, um, he claims to the Pharisees uh, that he is the Son of God, and it doesn't sit well with them. And so we're going to pick it up in verse number 10. We just got, in the last episode, done looking at Jesus healing a lame man by the pools of Bethesda and um, told him to rise and take up his bed and walk. And it says immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked. And it tells us that that same day was the Sabbath. Well, we pick it up in verse 10 and says the Jews, so the, the religious leaders here, said unto him that was cured. So they see this man and they say, it's the Sabbath day. It's not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. So they see him carrying his mat, and they're like, what are you doing? Today's the Sabbath. Don't you know the law prohibits you from doing this? Which is, we could dive into a whole episode on how it was just ridiculous, some of the rules that the Pharisees had come up with to add to everything that uh, that the law actually said, so to rest on the Sabbath and some of the things they would allow but wouldn't allow, and to pick up your mat and to walk while you're holding your mat seems like such a ridiculous thing that they would prohibit. But here they are saying, you're not allowed to do this. This is one of our rules. And he says, uh, he that made me hold said to me, take up my bed and walk. So he's like, well, I'm sorry, but the guy who just healed me and made me able to walk told me to carry it pick it up and walk with it. And they said, well, who told you to say, or who said this to you? And um, it says in verse 13 that the man that was healed didn't know who it was because Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. So Jesus healed him and then went away because there was a multitude there and he didn't want to get bombarded most likely with the people. And so he didn't even know who had healed him. Um, and he just knew that he was healed, and he knew what the guy looked like. Well, later he runs into Jesus there in the temple, and Jesus says to him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. So he goes even further to say, Look, you've been healed of your physical infirmity, but you are forgiven, most likely as he did with other people when he healed them, forgave them of their sins, and he says, Sin no more. Go and live a lifestyle uh, that is is different because your life has been changed. And the man uh, leaves, He and then he finds the Jews, and he says, hey, I know the guy's name now. His name is Jesus, the one that made me whole. 
And so then it tells us that the Jews, those religious leaders, start to persecute Jesus and looked to kill him uh, because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answers to them in verse 17 and says, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. They were already mad at him for healing a man on the Sabbath, but even more so after Jesus said, well, um, my father, basically saying God works on the Sabbath, and I'm I'm his son, and so I'm going to be working, doing the work as well. And they get really mad at that because that to them is blasphemy. So then Jesus says, verse 19, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the father do. For what thing, what things soever he doth, these also doth the son likewise. For the father loveth the son, and showeth him all things that who himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these, that ye may marvel. For as the father raiseth up the dead, and quickeneth them, even so the son quickeneth whom he will. So he just starts to talk about the fact that because God is my father, uh, I will do the works that he tells me to do. I'll do the same works that he's able to do. He says there in verse 21, God can raise people from the dead. Even so will I the son, quickeneth whom I will. I'll bring alive those who were dead at, at my will, because the father judges no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the son. So he's saying, I, I'm the judge, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father, which hath sent him. So he's just going straight to it with these men and saying, look, I am the Son of God. And because of that, the same honor that goes to God should come to me. And they, they really don't like this as he just continues on, but he says, uh, the Father has life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, and shall come forth that they have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. I can of mine own self do nothing, as I hear, I judge." And my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. I, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. So now he's starting to even explain a little bit of the fact that he is the Son of God, some proofs. So he says, all of this, uh, all of my ministry, all of what I do is really just doing the will of my Father, of God, because I'm his Son. And then he goes on to say, uh, I'm not bearing witness of myself. I'm I'm not just saying, hey, look, I'm the Son of God, and that's the only proof I have. He says, no, there's another that bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. Uh, you sent unto John, and he bear witness unto the truth. But I receive not testimony from men, but these things I say that ye might be saved. He was a burning and a shining light, and ye were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. Talking about John. But I have greater witness than that of John, for the works which the Father has given me to finish, the same works that I do, bear witness of me that the Father hath sent me. So he says, look, you all believed even some of the words of John and even were willing to go and listen to him and, and give him uh, 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 
can't think of the word right now, but but you would believe on what he was saying, but you're not believing on me when I have greater witness to the fact that I am sent of God by the works that I'm doing. And I think in in some way he's uh, he knows not just because he's God and knows their hearts and knows what they would be thinking about the works that he had done, but I think also he would be referencing this to them because of the conversation that we saw in, in chapter 3 with Nicodemus. Nicodemus said to Jesus, look, we know no one can do the things that you do except that he's sent from God. And so here he's, he's, he already knows that the Pharisees think this. And so he's saying to them, look, uh, the works that I do, you all know, no one can do these kinds of things unless God sends him. And the Father himself, which has sent me, has borne witness of me, he says in verse 37. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape, and ye have not his word abiding in you. For whom he has sent, him ye believe not. So he says to them, he says, look, I have great works that bear witness to the fact that I am sent of God, that I am the Son of God, that God is my Father. and." You all don't believe the word of God because you're not believing on me. And then he says a somewhat well-known verse. If you've been in church uh, for maybe some time, you might have heard this verse. But in verse 39, he says, Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And ye will not come to me that ye might have life. I receive not honor from men. So he (laughs) talks to them and says, look, you don't believe the word of God because you're not believing in me. And he says to them, search the scriptures. You have them. You think you have eternal life because you have them. But the, the entirety of the scriptures that you have, look into them again. Each and every one of those words testify of me. Every single one of them point to me, the Messiah the coming one. Everything that, all the prophecies that you've, you've uh, been taught and that you've been studying, I have fulfilled some of them and will fulfill some of them even more as I live. And, and as we would know, as he would die and raise again, I'm going to fulfill those prophecies. I'm, I'm going to fulfill the law. You have the law. I'm going to fulfill it in everything that I do. But you don't believe in the word of God because you don't believe in me, because the word of God testifies of me. And he says, but I know you that you have not the love of God in you. I'm come in my father's name and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? He says, if someone else would come, uh, so many other teachers would come and they bear witness of themselves of being a great teacher, you would accept them. And, And all they really have is someone witness, uh, witnessing of themselves or maybe another man witnessing of them. And here I am, a man who has works that bear witness that I'm from God and you don't receive me. How can you believe uh, which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that comes from God only? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuses, uh, accuses you, even Moses in whom ye trust. So he says... Look, I'm not here to accuse you. I am the judge. I will judge over all one day. He said that earlier. 
but I'm not here to condemn you or accuse you. The law does that. Moses, the one you respect, he did that when he wrote the law. For had you believed Moses, ye would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if you believe not in his writings, how shall you believe my words? He just cuts straight to it. Says, look, you believe, you say you believe Moses, but Moses wrote about me. And you don't believe in me. So you really don't believe Moses' words. You really don't believe the scriptures. You need to search them again. And what I see from this whole, we covered a lot of verses today, but what I see from all of it is this. Jesus really hones in on this fact. Sometimes people who have the word of God can look into it and be, get so familiar with it and studying it and get so much head knowledge about what it says that they miss the Savior in it all. And I think we're not immune to the exact same thing taking place. We can listen to podcasts like this. We can study the Word each and every day in our personal Bible reading. We can go to church and we can listen to sermons being preached or lessons being taught to us from the Word. And we can gain so much knowledge about everything in the Word of God, and yet our hearts miss falling in love with our Savior. Some people, they can go their entire lives just like the Pharisees, and, and learn it all in their head, but it never touches their heart, and they ultimately never accept Jesus' free gift of salvation. Ultimately, they don't have eternal life because it was never something that they truly received. They never re- truly received Jesus. They knew all about it. It was all up in their head, but it never went to their heart. And I think for those of us who do know Christ— we can sometimes fall in that same pitfall of knowing the Word of God so well in our heads, but not letting it affect our heart, and totally missing experiencing a relationship with Jesus Christ each and every day. And so I just want to challenge us today as we hear from this and really hear such an indictment on the Pharisees to examine ourselves and say, you know, I've been studying, I've been listening to this podcast, I've been going through the Word of God, and and I've really been learning a lot. But how about we go past just learning and storing up information about God or about the Bible in our heads, and we truly allow what we're learning to affect our hearts and allow us to fall more in love with Jesus. Every single word points to him. That would be an entire episode or more to really dive into, but it truly is every word of the, of the Bible points to Jesus Christ. Everything in the Old Testament points to him. The books, uh, the Gospels and the book of Acts really chronicle the life of Jesus and the life of the belie- early believers having Jesus in them. And then everything after that, Romans on, all of the epistles, are truths that flow out of what Jesus did because of the gospel. And we need to let that truly affect us. When we look into the word, don't just retain information, but truly learn to love and experience Jesus Christ each and every day. As we read his word, 
look for Jesus, find how it points us to Jesus, and allow it to draw us closer to him in faith, in love, in everything that we would just draw closer and closer to Jesus. Well, we'll continue in John chapter 6 in the next episode, looking into a well-known miracle of Christ, the feeding of the 5,000. But for today, I hope it was a challenge to you looking at John chapter 5 as it was to me, just going over it even again right now recording. And I hope that it'll touch our hearts as we move and live each and every moment today for Christ. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe to it or share it with your friends. You can hit that share button or take a screenshot and share it on your social media. And if you're from the Wenatchee area, we'd love to see you at Ridgepoint sometime. Find out more about our ministry at WenatcheeChurch.com. Thanks again for listening. God bless.